We have been in a mini uh, series on the direction last week and then this week. Uh, last week we talked about directional balance. That we talked about that, that to, to have good direction, there needed to be a balance in your life. And we spoke through that. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that, uh, you can listen or watch that either podcast or video uh, through the app or online. Uh, and, and I would just say that that's so important that we, we think about that in light of direction, direction of your life, direction of your family's lives. We talked about direction. We gave a little definition of it's a course along which something moves. And the key word is moves. If you're, uh, it is also directionally as just which way you're pointed, but really it's about movement. It's about moving forward in a right direction or, or along a line. And many times you have to reference where you're, to find out where you're at, you reference from, uh, you know, uh, visible uh, aspects around you or stars if you were using a sextant. But anyway, it's direction. Today, what I want to focus in on, which is the second part to this series, is that your words establish or determine direction. Your words, and I know we've talked about words before. We've talked about, and many will believe what Proverbs 18 says that words are powerful, that you can speak things and cause people to either be built up or torn down, that you can speak things. But, but this scripture that we see here in Proverbs 18, 21, it's really to, to bring in, we think about it as the tongue, but we're talking about words. That when we speak words, especially as believers, when, the, when we speak them, there is, a, there is power, there, there is effect. And so we have to understand that. And so to give a little definition on that, I want to give point number one. Words initiate action. Like, go pick up your socks. See, you'd say, well, not in my house. That never gets any action until I say one, two, or threat, or no. But no, how about dinner's ready? Usually you come running, right, if it's your favorite, right? Or uh, uh, license and registration. I was doing that for Anthony's sake. Anyway, uh, you tend to go into some action after this, this sweat's already running off your forehead. You didn't, okay, but think about words initiating action. I'd like to go back to the beginning of time and just give you an insight of what, uh, how words uh, really move into action. And it says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, very part, first part of the Bible, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form, it was void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And I want, every time you see the red words God said, say it out loud with me, very loudly, verse 3, and let there be light. Now, it's important that we, you hear that because it's critical to the components or the ingredients to what I believe God wants to say to you today. I know he took me through this this week with some personal things, and so I needed to hear it. So then you go on to verse 6. I'm just kind of skipping through it. And then in verse 6 it says, and some of you, can I tell you the first service had more energy? And they got here earlier, okay? So let's do that one more time. In verse 6, and God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the water and let it separate the water from the waters. In verse 9, and let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Verse 11 said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seeds and fruits and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on earth. And it was so. See, I'm going to bring up some more here, but hear what's going on. When God said it, it happened. 
When God said it, action began. And so our words, especially when the Father's involved, when the Spirit's involved, when the, the power of heaven's involved, action happens. So here's what we find in verse 14. And it says, Let there be light in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from night. In verse 20, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. And not last or least, but last because I think he saved the best. What did he say? Let there bring forth creatures. But you say, is that the best? Just some creatures? You know, we're all equal? Mammals? No. Actually, this is it in verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Two key words there, us and our. That's a plural. It's not just God, it's God, the Father, God. It's, it's them, it's Jesus in the beginning. The word was, and the word was in the beginning, the word was God. You know, you know what I'm saying? So, so this, is, this is in the very beginning when God says it, when God makes a promise, and Dave and I didn't even compare notes on this when he did the devotion for communion, but I was sitting there going, thank you, Lord. That's some more confirmation. But when he makes a promise, when God says it, that finishes it. How many agree with that? Just give a shout out or a wave or something. So when God makes promises, we can bank on it. Now, why is that important to this message? Why is that important to life? Because we can believe things and then they can fall back at the back of our minds and we don't live through those promises. We don't live counting on those promises. So I want to cover just a couple of, uh, a few promises out of the Old Testament, a few promises of the New Testament. If you like them, give a shout out, an amen or whatever. Uh, but here's what I want to do. I'm building a platform for really where we're going with this message. So here in the Old Testament, and this is not exhaustive, there's um, thousands of promises, okay? And so it says God's promise to Abraham. Remember that? That, that through his descendants and to the whole world, that there was a blessing. God was going to bless Abraham. Guess what? We're the rest of the world. So do you all agree with that? Do you think that's true? How many in here are blessed? We all drove here, I think. All right. That's, that's part of the blessing. Uh, so, and then God promised Israel to be their God and to make them his people. You all agree that that's true? Absolutely. God promised that if we search or seek him, that we'll find him. Do you all find that true? It's absolutely the truth. God promised protection for his children. Look to the person next to you and say, I didn't know you were that childish. <laughs> Nobody's doing that. But you know, we're all ch the child of the king. You are a child of the living God. God promised protection for them. God promised his love would never fail. It would never cease. Would you all agree with that? And I, I, I'm trying to work up a lather here. At least you'll find I'll have one at the end of this. But look, God's promised you that he'll never fail you. His love will never leave you. You need to hear that. This world does not make these promises. In fact, this is not the song they sing. God says in Deuteronomy, he's promised that if we search, he'll find him, that God is protection, and I didn't push the button, here we go, that repentance opened the road to fellowship and blessing. Do you all agree with that? When we repent, now he loves us even before we repent. That repent means this, I was going this way that was wrong, and now I'm going this way, which is right. Repent is turning the, a new direction. But here's what we have. When we have repentance, it opens up the road to fellowship with God and blessings of God. Let me just say this. If you're in a good place, God's probably got a better place. And if you're in a better place, God's got a greater place. How many would like to be in those progressives? Absolutely. So God promises blessings for all who will delight themselves in his word. If you'll delight themselves. Not, oh my gosh, I've got to do my... You know, pastor keeps harping on this daily 
reading the Bible, I guess I'll do it, or my wife, or delight in his word. Can I tell you it is easier to delight in the word once you keep doing it regularly? If you'll do it over and over and over and over. Many of you acquired taste of stuff that was so nasty when you first tried it. And you got there because you tried it over and over and over. Some of you are like, what's he talking about? Some of you are like, all right, you're right. All right. A few New Testament promises, okay? God promised salvation to all who believed in his son. Is, do, you, do you agree with that? Yeah. Some of you are like, yeah. yeah. No, God promised it. God promised that all things work for the good of his children. Are you his child? The dependency of being that is that you've said yes to what he did at Calvary, that you believe in your heart and you profess with your mouth. And when you become a child, he says, look, I'm going to work all things for your betterment. And then he goes on to say he promises comfort in our trials. Some people say, well, I'm not feeling that comfort. Can I tell you, if he took his comfort off of you right now, I'd feel a lot worse. Do you keep enjoying you keep believing god promised new life in christ new life it doesn't matter what your old life's been it doesn't matter where you've come from he's promised it is it true or not true and you say well then if it's true that i don't like where i'm at there's a new life up there that's a promise you can count on god promised every spiritual blessing he didn't just say one every spiritual blessing in christ now he didn't say i promise you a, a, a rolex well, that's what I wanted. You know, there's nothing wrong with a Rolex, but that's not one of the spiritual blessings, okay? He will provide. He will, he will, he will. God promised to finish the work in you. The one that started in you, and I just hope he doesn't get too tired before he finishes me. Because I got a lot of, I, I used to be called a piece of work. Some of y'all must have been called that too. You're, you kind of laugh. Okay, God promised peace. When we pray, he's, he's, he's well, I don't get, I don't like to pray much. I don't know how to pray. Then you probably got a, a shortage of peace. Start pray. It's talking to him, pray, enjoy him. Here's another one. God promised to what? Sup a lie. That's how it's highlighted. Sup lie. Supply all our needs. Not our wants, just our needs. Absolutely. No, I'm agreeing with you. There's some, you know, there is a message that we're to hear today, and it's different for all of us. And God promised us rest. If you're not finding his rest, then you probably aren't believing in the promises and the path to that rest. God promises abundant life. He didn't say that you're to grin and bear it until you, the end and get relief. He said, I, I want to give you abundant life, life that pours out from heaven. And he says eternal life. He, he says, I, I even, not only that, who trust me, he says, look, look, eternal life means I'm going to give you this rest. I'm going to give you provision here. And it's preparation for eternity. You're going to live forever. And what you're going to do here is in preparation for that. And he said, it's eternal life. And then he says, look, I'm going to give you a, a power from upon high. Can I tell you that's better power than anything you could get from your, your position or your title or your role in, the, in this world? It's what he gives you from heaven. And I like the last one. Reminds me, this isn't it. It does get better than this. God promised that he would return. God promised he would return. And I don't know if that's tomorrow, this afternoon, next year. I think we all think it's, well, many generations from now he'll return. Can I tell you it's a lot closer now than it ever has been? And he will come with this much notice. He's here. 
And so it's important that we take every day in light of that, in light of all those promises, and we begin to think about that words move into action. But let me give you the second point. New words, new direction. New words and new direction. When we, when we think about uh, words again, we, we find that your words are, are by your words that you will be justified or that you will be condemned. So, so your words are important. If, if you want to uh, 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 be, you say this, it's going to happen and cause this effect, and this is going to cause this effect. When you go on to verse uh, 34 in chapter 12, it says, for out of the abundance of the heart. I'm just kind of going back to some DNA, but really it's for what you're storing in here. What's a, abundant in here and what you allow to, to, to fill up in here, whether that's worry and criticism and whatever, or if it's uh, whatever's in there is the mouth speaks. The, the common is uh, what comes up in the bucket is what's down in the well. And that's true for all of us. In verse 35, it says that's why a person has good treasure, things that they allow to remain in here. It bring forth good. But an evil person with evil treasure bring forth bad. So what I want to talk about is, so what do you do this? What a cha- new world, new, new, changing my words, changing uh, the outcome. So I'm going to talk about milestones. A milestone is kind of the old school to mile markers. You know, they would set a stone along the road to indicate distance, a progression on a journey. It's an action or, or an event that is significant in, in a stage of development. It's also in project management something that you can say is, is a sequential set of events. It's a sequence of events that incrementally build you up or build towards an, a, a goal that you've got. So I want to talk about milestones. I want to know that you can set milestones in life if you're going to have new words and, and new direction it, it, by doing what? First, you've got to know God's promises. How do you know God's promises? You get in God's word. There's so many ways to get in God's word, but you've got to get in there and begin to understand and know God's promises. And he also makes some conditional statements in there. It's kind of like the old Fortran programming when it says, if then it's a a do loop or whatever you want to call it. If you do this, then I'll do that. Some of them are just straight out. He says, this is, and then someone's, if you this, then then I'll do that. So you start there. You establish milestones. You, you create it. You visualize uh, the new you or the new set of words or the new things. And then you begin to declare and speak it. Sometimes we underestimate what our words do to us. Sometimes we, we begin to, to, to speak in, in such a way that we're critical or, or we're talking about what things are going on. And I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you. You get home. You've had one of those days. Honey, how was it? Well, let me just tell you about it. That person was just so-and-so, and I just, you know, and can you believe it when sister called me or brother? Can you think about, oh, and, and you just kind of swirl in it. Have you ever swirled in it? Don't raise your hand on that one, okay. And notice I'm getting further and further away from where I was. See, when you begin to complain, when you begin to that be what you rehearse, that and when you speak into existence uh, in, in your atmosphere, what is, is critical or complaining or whatever, you know, it doesn't advance you towards anything. It literally traps you where you're at. But when you begin to think about a goal or something that's forward, and I'm going to just bump on ahead here to, to this. This is like uh, paving stones, but let me, let me use an illustration here. These are actually baseball if this was uh, two inches thick and a little bigger with a stake in the bottom of it, you'd say, oh, that's a, that's, a, that's a base on a baseball diamond, right? We use that. These are temporary. And it, isn't it interesting in baseball, you're standing on home plate, 
You do all the engineering dynamics that you need to do there. And when the ball gets hit, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to run first base and that's it, right? No, then you go to second base and then you go to third base and then you come home. And, and think about that. Why not just hit the ball and run? That's kind of what a lot of people do in life. Just, just hit the ball. Get, you know, just make contact with the ball and then run. Where are you running? I don't know, but we're supposed to run. And how do you know how far you've, you've ran? That's why there's baselines. Well, think about that in life, but stretch it out forward. And think about this visual that we have here, and you're thinking about visualizing something forward. So you're saying, Pastor, you're, you're meaning that if I start speaking things about my family, about my heart, about my depression, about my joy or lack thereof, that, that God it, it says that it'll change? Absolutely, if you're a child of God. So let's take the first base. You're standing here. You've had the day that you've had. Sometimes to know where you're at, you've got to look back and say, well, you know, God's led me all the way to here, so I must not be in a wrong place. But where he wants to take you, he's saying, look, I didn't really leave, want to leave you here. I want to take you someplace. So here's, here's the first. And so you go, wow, I want to have more peace in my life. I'm going to, I'm going to have more uh, joy in my life. I'm going to have more contentment. And, and you set that before you, even though you're feeling all ratty and naughty and, and undiscontented. You say, That's, and so you begin to speak to it. And then, then maybe there's another one out there. I don't know if I can make it all. If I hit one of you, it is rubbery. So... <laughs> And then you see another one and you go down a little further. And so then you begin to live life. You get up in the morning, you go, I'm not feeling it. I'm not going it. but God, I'm going to start speaking. I'm going to quote your scripture. I'm going to look at your promises. I'm going to begin to speak over my children. I'm going to speak over my husband or my wife. I'm going to begin to speak before I go into my workplace. I'm going to speak before I have that meeting with those employees and I'm going to keep talking about it. And I'm going to wind up being in the midst of what I've just been speaking. And then you get there and you go, oh, oh, that was good. Now I need to talk about my family. You know, those people got the in-laws and the outlaws and that brother that just never. And so you say, Lord, bless him. I need my heart cleansed and purified. I forgive him, Lord, because that's your heart. And I begin to declare and speak the word forward. I begin to trust forward. Well, you know, I don't know, man. Last time I met with him, he, he, no, I'm just going to say God's going to be with me. And I keep moving forward. Do you see where I'm headed with this? And then what's the next one for you? What's the next one for you? How about your finances? Not that you want a lot of money and be a millionaire. God, give me... Help me manage my finances so I can bring you glory. Help me not spend when I want to spend crazily when I should be. The goal is bring you glory. How about with your health? How, how about with things? What are, you, what are you speaking? Or is it always going to be what's not there? Well, that person's just cranky, aren't they? Notice I didn't use a gender on that. That person's always complaining. And I look, began to find myself, or you might find yourself looking, having an outlook negatively on people. I can tell you with law enforcement and other agencies that deal with the crime and the bad of our culture, it's real easy over time to just kind of view everything with a kind of a uh, you know, a negative because that's what you're focused on all the time. Folks, we're, we're believers. And to have direction doesn't mean it's just forging it out yourself. It's being able to speak into, as, a, as a, having the living God in you. It's about having a path of milestones to move you into new things. How do you determine milestones? You get in the Word of God. Because the third point is if you change your words, you'll change your world. 
You'll change your family. You'll change this city. You'll change the nation. If, if our words and whatever we type or say begin to be about the Lord giving, getting glory and honor, what do you think he could do with that? You know, and so you say, you say, what do you mean, pastor? Let me, let me just say this. Today, there are two sermons. There are two sermons here today. One is the one that I'm hopefully sharing from the Lord. The other one is the one you're hearing. You're hearing something that could be different than what I'm saying. We, we, we preach sermons, and I'm using the word sermons because we come sometimes hoping that somebody heard from the Lord is going to encourage us today. And so we listen in and we want to be encouraging. But you know what? A lot of us are, are listening to what I would call uh, sermons that are always going on. It's the sermons on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. The question is, what are you hearing? Which sermon? What, who, who's... Who's the source? And, and when you begin to, to think about it, the, the sermon I'm preaching today, or, or, or hopefully the Lord that I'm preaching today, is not the one that's going to change your life. It's the sermon you're preaching to yourself. It's the one that you're rehearsing. It's the, it's the loop. It's the sound bite that goes over and over in, in your mind. And it's the one that somebody told you back when, or it's after a catastrophic event or a hurtful situation. And you just begin to believe things about you that it must have been your fault, that it must have been all about you. And you know what? You begin to play, oh, I'm not any good anymore. I'm not worthy of that kind of a relationship. I'm a loser. They told me that. You know what? That is the wrong sermon, but it's the one many of us are playing. You have two selves. One is the one that loves to tell you what's not right with you. But can I tell you about another one that's in you if you're a believer? See, there's another self in there that's beyond me, the one that's in me. It's beyond you. And that's this spirit of the living God called the Holy Spirit. And, and, and the Holy Spirit doesn't have that baggage and history and environment. It doesn't have all your, your past. What it has is it comes from heaven. It's pure. It's unblemished. It's unmovable. It's only full of truth and not lies because it's part of the triune God. And that's in you if you've said yes to Jesus. And what you've got to do is say, well, who am I listening to? What source in me am I listening to? And, and you begin to go, look, there's a spirit. So what, what do you do here? You change who you're hearing from. You change who's speaking to you. You begin to change the source. You do it by getting in the word because it's not going to feel, uh, you know, automatically, supernaturally uh, uh, transformed in a millisecond. It's by the renewing of your mind. You get in the word. You hear what God says about you. You start a new loop by just inching in and, and repeating it and, and doing it over and over again. And you get a new loop going in your head. How many got a negative loop? You've, you know what I'm talking about. There's been a negative loop in your, somewhere in your back, back, background. You know, you're fat. No. You're ugly. You're not smart. You're not successful. Oh, you're really good. Maybe it's a pride loop. Hey, I'm better than everybody else. Look at me. Look what I've done. <laughs> yeah. And when I walk in a room, I know people are watching. Mm-hmm. Those are loops that are not of God. But you start a new loop. You start a, a new thing in your mind. You, you begin to accept what God has said about you. And you begin to reject everything else. Folks, it's hard to reject everything else if you don't have a plumb line of what's truth. 
So you get into the truth, and then over time, because you've practiced the new thing, is kind of back on the counterfeit thing. You begin to you begin to realize that's not truth, and so I'm going to reject anything that's not truth. And then guess what? We begin to live your life. You begin to live my life, your life, in an open heaven. You know, we say an open heaven. What does that mean? I thought the heavens are open. I'm not talking about space. I'm talking about the provision of heaven. We pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you begin to say, I'm going to only believe the truth. And it opens up an ability to live life in an open heaven. And all the riches of the glory of God are available to us. Things like peace, joy, love. Patience, kind. I mean, think about it. You say, well, pastor, you just don't know that's my personality. I just kind of, you know, I'm just that way. I'm just curt with everybody and I just tell it the way it is. Can I tell you, you can change. Well, I don't want to change. Well, then that, bless you. (laughs) Sorry, you're not going to get in on the blessings of God because that's not what Jesus would do if he walked up to somebody. Live your life in an open heaven. So here's how I'm going to validate what I'm saying. I'm going to use some scripture here. And I'd like y'all to stand with me. This is the close today. And I want you to think about the little, little pads. that I, I, I had a thought of having you all pass this around and take a magic marker and write all the things you, that you would like from the heaven bounty that you would move into over the next days and weeks. I don't know. Think about it. What would you ask from heaven if you could have more of? You know, I don't really want to impose on the Lord. I'm doing pretty fine here. I'll just work harder. Can I tell you whatever you could get released from heaven and given to you would be 10,000 million times better than what you can do here on earth. And so you begin to think, what is it that I want? I I want this in my relationship. I want this in my finances. God, that that would bring you glory. So think about it. So here's what I'm going to say, because I know some of you say, but I got this mountain in front of me. And there are mountains that are physical. There are mountains that are emotional. There are mountains that are material. And they might even be financial or name it in this room. You may have mountains that you're facing, but can I say something? We started off with what was said. So I want you to read this out loud with me. And when it says read, say it louder. Okay. Verse 17 or chapter 17, verse 20, say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move not on your own strength, but by the power of God. Or the scripture here is wrong. And then it goes on in verse 11 or chapter 11 of Mark, verse 20 says, truly I say to you, whoever not thinks, not wishes, not, you know, what, no, says to the mountain, it says what? Be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that that what he says will come to pass. It will be done for him. Do you all believe that scripture? So, so there comes a time, and this is, a, this is a, I guess, a textable, tweetable thing. There comes a time when you got to stop talking to God about the mountain in your life, which that's a good thing, by the way, but it comes a time when you shift to start talking to the mountain about your God. Now, hear what I just said. If we're over here saying, God, I just don't, can I can't, and I need you, God, and he's like, I've given you all that you need, now speak to the mountain. 
I put the spirit of the living God in you. I've given you the scripture of promise. I've empowered you. Look through my testament, my, my history of my love for you. I've given you all that you need to begin to speak to those mountains as it lines up with my character and my word. And you can say, get out of the way, meaning get out of your life, get out of your conscience, let go and stop bothering me. De- uh, untangle what is tying you up. You begin to speak about how good your God is. So here's what you do. I know my God is a God that's faithful. I know my God is what. So here's some things that you say it out with me. You begin to what? Proclaim his power. I don't know what your mountain is. Start right now proclaiming his power in your spirit. You start declare, declaring his sovereignty and you begin to allow his sovereignty. You begin to declare it over that mountain and say, you know what? I don't care if you're pushing back. I know God is bigger than you. You may be the Goliath, but I'm stepping up with the heart of David and I'm going to take my little stones, whatever's in my provision, and it's going to be just enough to move that mountain out of the way. And you begin to affirm his faithfulness. Thank you, God, that you've taken care of me and you'll take care of even this one. My child that's dealing with drugs or alcoholism, addictions, Lord, I lift them to you because God, you're sovereign and you're going to take care of them. And you begin to affirm that faithfulness. And then you get the word in your hand and you get the word in your heart and you begin to stand on his word. And you begin to cling to those promises. And all of a sudden, your mouth begins to speak a direction that your life will go and the glory of God will go forth like never before. A people, a person, a church speaking for the glory of God would be like a tsunami of revival because the power of God would make it all the way to the streets. Do you believe that? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your amazing grace. (laughs) Father, a grace that saved a wretch like me. And Father, in this room, there are many that are thankful for that salvation. We're thankful that we do have your word to know you even better. But Father, we're thankful for the spirit. God, I pray that this body of believers today that you would move in their heart in such a way with your truth that they'd find freedom, peace, more of you to help them move from better to great and great to greatest. Father, that we would go from an earthly set of goals and aspirations and we'd move into kingdom milestones until one day we step into heaven. Be with those that are unable to be here today, Lord. But especially, Lord, take us out from here and let us be the church on the street, living differently, speaking differently, loving differently, caring differently. For your namesake, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. You are dismissed. Love somebody on the way out.